unforgiveness is one of those dynamics in relationships that can function as a weapon of mass destruction. It will destroy both the victim and the offender without proper alignment with God. So it's not worth the wrath. Yeah. Everybody's hurt. Right. All around. (laughs) You know, and let's talk about the church. I mean, this is what we're here for. This is what the conversation is primarily about. It's about the kind of relationships that we as believers have with one another. And, um, And so we have these conflicts. We don't align ourselves, or as we were talking about earlier, we don't become spiritually skillful. We choose the way of the world and sweep it under the rug, or we choose the way of the world to just act like it's not there, don't talk about it. And when we greet each other, we are smiling and doing the love kiss of Judas, and, you know, and, and acting like everything is fine and using all the Christianese and, and keep it moving, you know. Mm-hmm. And while there is still hurt there, you know, and it, some of us feel like in time we'll just forget about it. And that could be true. You probably don't realize that there is um, a kind of unconscious processing that we do. How do we get to a place where we just go, eh, that's how she is? <laughs> Girl, you know, you know that's how she is. <laughs> we have to get to a place to be able to say, girl, that's how she is. Because she keeps offending and offending over and over again. Remember we were talking about repeat offenders? Yeah. And we just accept them. You know, we just accept that bad behavior. You know, and 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 try to overlook it and still be in relationship knowing that this is how they do. And God is saying, Yeah, you can do that. But that's not how I intended. That's not really true life. That's not the the life that I want to give you. And so, you know, we're we're looking at this situation and realizing that, you know, these these this mass destruction is now creating destruction not just in me and not just in that other person, but we can have a broken relationship that because we have chosen not to be spiritually constructive that relationship will be broken for a lifetime. And mm-hmm. so this is how you have relationships of people who have conflict, gone into conflict. They could be best friends. They could be relatives and, and marital partners. Yeah. Whatever that situation is, they will um, have this riff in their relationship that will change the dynamic of that relationship forever if they never choose to become spiritually constructive and they will never get back to that place of wholeness where they were before. And what you see is over time, if they're going to play that game, that the relationship becomes slowly but surely more distant and more distant Mm. and it becomes ultimately a broken relationship. And when they're trying to do the kind of conversations that comes gracefully when people are whole, Everybody's sensitive, you know, and it's like you can't even have normal conversation anymore without getting snapped at or or, or somebody looking and thinking about it the wrong way, you know. Yeah. That's because it's still there, you know, undealt with because of not becoming spiritually aligned with God in the process. So, yeah, it is certainly a weapon of mass destruction. It will destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, grace and mercy is God's model 
for reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And it has the power to restore life to anything broken, anything Mm -hmm. severely wounded, and even anything considered dead. I uh, underlined that in bold. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? He raised from the dead. Yeah. He took on our sin and raised himself from the dead. Mm -hmm. So there is nothing. That's why he says nothing is impossible with God. If we just choose to align to his will and his way courageously uh, and by faith, he has committed to us, I'll get you there. The problem is is that we're either one party or the other or both is not committing. That's all it is. It really is as simple as that. You can come committed and ready, but the other person may not be ready. Right. And they, you know, may may even want to come playing some games. And we can see through all of that. You know, you can even see in the conversation as you're trying to have a conversation to reconcile that they're just not being forthright. You know, and so it becomes a fruitless effort. So if, if, if parties are not willing to be spiritually constructive to God's process, we're going to miss it. We're totally going to miss it, the gift that he wants to give us through this. Mm-hmm. The beauty you of know. this conversation is we are talking about um, finding forgiveness when the offender is not able to repent yeah. or yeah. apologize or mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. line up right. with this model. Yeah. And it takes each of our own commitment, you know, that is the key here is that I'm responsible just for myself yeah. and I make myself responsible to God. You know, I'll share this with you. You know, mediation, um, we have understood it and seen what mediation is, you know, uh, I think, you know, from a legal standpoint, what we see attorneys do with married couples who are in custody battles or you know, divorce battles or what have you. And it just looks like this kind of fighting match and they're just kind of being the negotiators. Well, that is a skill set of uh, mediators. Um, Some people feel like it's just, you know, a referee in the arguing, you know, trying to get people to, to see things, you know. That's a part of it. And I believe what God is showing us in his word, and this is primarily what we're talking about, is that there is a godly, a Christ-centered perspective to what mediation looks like. In fact, I would even go on to say that true mediation in terms of what truly brings new life, God created that. And everybody else just mimics it. (laughs) But they really don't accomplish what God really intends to accomplish through the model and 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 the principle that he's given us. He's the author of this. Jesus' life demonstrated it. So when we think about what mediation really is, it really is a transformational process. It, it transforms that relationship and brings them to a place of new life. Now, reconciliation may not look like what it was before because we've had this entity invade, you know, and now we have to deal with this third party, this entity that has come to destroy the relationship and um, allow both parties constructively saying, I identify this third thing, 
And we are both committing to allow God to help us deal with this thing and put it to rest. And so when we are constructively taking part in that, this is the work of the mediator. This is what Jesus did for us. Here we were, separated from God, full of sin. And here is God, this holy God, who by principle and law could not receive us but had to condemn us. Jesus stepped in, and he became that that person, that mediator, that um, was able to guide us through this process, to bring us into reconciliation. And when we got reconciled, what did he do? We weren't back in the way we were before. We weren't back with the conditions Adam and Eve had. But what did he do? He gave us his law. He gave us new terms, a whole new covenant that said, now, when you make, um, when you commit to be constructive and to reconcile one with another, this word is going to keep you in covenant. This guideline, these terms, you break the terms, you break covenant. That's what the word of God is for us. So we have new life in God, but it's different from what it was before. This is, this is the mystery of mediation. And Christ-centered mediators takes people through the process. So make this short. So when I mediate, the mediation is not so much about how to get these people to agree. It's about first, as believers, let's get you accountable to God. Mm. Let's get you accountable to God. And so as you commit to be accountable to God, then you're going to be accountable to the constructiveness of this process. And any person along the way who chooses not to be constructive is making a conscious decision now because we've already recognized this is God's process that you do not want to align with God. And then when it comes down to the, to the issue where everybody's trying to cast blame, well, it becomes obvious <laughs> who's not aligning to God. You know, and so mm-hmm. some of us as believers, we hate looking like looking bad. We hate looking like the person at fault. So we may align anyway just to save face. Well, praise God, that still accomplishes the, 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 the outcome because we may unwillingly or willingly submit to God. Don't we do that all day long with God? You know, we, 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 we know his word is true. We may come kicking and screaming, but. We know he's God and we'll just submit to it, you know. And so this is the the experience, you know. um, We've been talking about wrestling with God. A mediator just helps people to wrestle, you know. And so we've been talking about what this process is. This is what it looks like. It's the, the conflicts are so much, not so much about these conflicts as it is. Let's get you aligned. Let's get you spiritually constructive. Then we can knock this thing out and we can find a new life together. And 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 that is the bottom line because when we commit to be constructive it's going to expose the truth and some mediations that i've had it becomes very obvious who does not want to be constructive and will not and they're at that point you know it's like fine i don't i don't care that that i'm exposed you know but the thing is is that the other party will say now i can see all this time we've been arguing and they've been saying that, you know, they're aligned, they're aligned. It's like, well, now it's very obvious. And, you know, and then it becomes a conversation. Now, how are you going to find new life? Because you choose to remain to be constructive. So it becomes another conversation now. But this is what the word of God does. 
it exposes the truth. It com- compels us to align. This is exactly the process that we are walking out, the same one God gave to us. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Very rich. Well, the rest of this says, this is the divine message and model for finding forgiveness, whether you are mm-hmm. the victim or the offender. Mm-hmm. It is the divine model for finding new life again after trauma. And it mm-hmm. was first demonstrated through the life ministry, sacrifice, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can we pause for a moment because, Denise, you mentioned earlier, um, we're not trying to say that when you are in a conflict where if you are offended by someone, that you just forgive them and you just allow yourself to go on hurting, that there's no hope for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned that, and I just wanted to um, just express again that whether in your conflict, your offender is able to assist you in that process by being constructive or not, that God is here now to walk you through that, walk that process with you personally, mm-hmm. with you to find new life. And so what that might look like is um, if I have a person who is a repeat offender, they don't check themselves, they don't filter themselves, They don't acknowledge themselves. And so I know this person is going to be a repeat offender and I can't do anything about it. Well, the new life that I now need to have in conversation with God, God is, now that I understand this, because I I would believe that in the wrestling, God begins to show you that this person isn't fully surrendered and that you are going to risk yourself by trying to continue to have the relationship you thought you had and that you wish you could have with this person. And so as you have this kind of dialogue and he begins to reveal more truth to you and show you his his word that brings health and wholeness and healing, what he's going to show you is how to walk in his way more perfectly and in your relationship with that person, how to love them where they are. Mm-hmm. which basically means you're going to probably have to sacrifice something in that relationship because they are not healthy to be around. So mm-hmm. he may um, express some distancing or you may come to terms to recognize you need boundaries with this person. You need some distancing with this person. There is a level of your relationship because we have relationships with people that we can't get rid of. We have family members. We have mm-hmm. coworkers. We have children. You know, all of right. that. You know, we can't get rid of them. <laughs> right. You know? And so, you know, we have to recognize through the Holy Spirit how he guides us of how to deal with them, how to talk with them, how to approach them, how to have a relationship where you don't commit on a level where you're not recognizing their 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 weaknesses, not recognizing their behavior. And so your relationship will change. And how it changes is through a new standard of living with that person. The Holy Spirit in that wrestling, he talks to you about that. He defines that for you. That's why that wrestling is so rich with him, even while you're hurting and broken. And so he's not going to leave you alone. Those are the revelations that God reveals to you when you wrestle. That's why it's so good to go to him and wrestle it down 
all of your pain, all of your hurt, all of your confusion, so that you won't be a person who will continue to subject yourself um, to these offenses over and over again. And that's a new life. That's what new life looks like. Wonderful. Amen. That's that's powerful, um, what you're saying, because things, the relationships often shift. They're different. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes people have a hard time with that, but part of the new life is that there's sometimes a difference because... Mm-hmm. In order to continue to have a relationship where we're walking out godly principles, there has to be a shift. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there's a dysfunction that can yeah. continue. And so Absolutely. I think, yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I was thinking about a little earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking about the new life is how relationships mm-hmm. shift. Um, but yeah. in order to truly... Um, experience and to walk out what God has called us mm-hmm. to, um, loving our neighbor mm-hmm. as ourself, mm-hmm. it just requires that um, the relationship ha- can't continue the way it was because it was maybe dysfunctional, exactly. you know, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And who are you speaking to? You're speaking to people who remain in abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. You're speaking to people who have, say, narcissistic parents. <laughs> or or spouses or friends, you know, right. and they they either have their their character, you know, um just just totally devoured over and over again and mm-hmm. their nature and character begins to diminish and becomes weakened and becomes enabling of their behavior and it, it just they become broken and they live in that brokenness. Mm-hmm. You know, and so God empowers us, you know, with with that conversation we have with him. And he brings us into truth. He brings us into a place of wisdom and understanding. And and it didn't change that person at all, but he changed us. Yes. And he gave us a way, a new way to live with them and allow now taking responsibility himself to say, let me deal with them. You don't have to deal with them. You go and live your life. But let, I'll deal with them. And mm-hmm. what a blessing that is. Yes. To know that he showed me how I can live in spite of that person and be wow. happy and be whole. And now when I see that person, I don't have to trip, you know. <laughs> I find myself having greater courage and, you know, even compassion for that person. You know, yeah. that's new life that God gives to us. But, you know, Debbie, what you were saying, you know, it's, it's like this conflict that we have, stuff changes all the time in us. As we mature and grow, stuff changes. And one of the things that I talk about in, in, in coaching is that conflict isn't bad. Our experiences with conflict is bad, you know, because we all have our different experiences. But in general, conflict isn't bad. It's a red flag that something's changed, and it's giving us a cue to talk about what's changed. And when we talk about what's changed, constructive parties will say, well, let's do this and let's do that, because we can't change this. Like, when we have a baby, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. a new baby is in the relationship. That baby is not going anywhere. It's mm-hmm. definitely changing our lives, and we don't have the yeah. freedom like we used to. So when we come together, we're going to talk about, okay, now the baby's here, and we've got feeding time, and we've got, you know, different times to do things, and let's share this way or that way. They're creating a new life. They're yeah. setting the terms for a new life. 
so that they can move forward. You know, and so change is natural. When we grow and mature, we change. As we pursue life and careers, we change. And all we need to do is talk. And if we're not constructive to that talk, then we become, you know, divisive and in conflict. You know, so, um, yeah, it's a part of life. Well, what is vitally important to understand about this dynamic is that similar to grief, finding forgiveness is a process. It is mm-hmm. likely the most powerful life skill among all the biblical principles that has the ability to transform our heart, mind, mm-hmm. and spirit into the image of Christ. And I believe mm-hmm. Jesus knew this. He mm-hmm. knew that broken relationships would hurt and shake us to our core. I made a note that some people spend a mm-hmm. lifetime stuck in this very yeah. So So Jesus intentionally formed the two greatest commandments upon loving him and loving one another in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. He knew if we did not follow his divine process to finding forgiveness, we would be tormented until we Mm. become desperate for his life-giving spirit. Mm. That's where Mm. we just surrender. Yeah. (laughs) He knew that if we intentionally chose another way to go, we would become hard-hearted and separated from God. Mm -hmm. The wages of sin is death. So it goes without saying, the forgiveness process is a necessity. And Mm -hmm. while it may take time, it is the only pathway that will ensure restored peace, new life, and reconciliation. Amen. Amen. That, I mean, that is a lifetime, you know, of of practice. You know, I find I'm there all the time. You know, I ask myself those questions, you know, Mm. am I I loving Mm -hmm. God and am I loving other people Mm -hmm. as myself. Well, we are are going to be moving into another segment in this same discussion of finding forgiveness, and we will uh, hold that off until next next time we get together. This is going to be outlining the forgiveness process, an outline for the victim and an outline for the offender. And this is wonderful because, you know, if I'm a victim in a conflict, then how do I find forgiveness mm-hmm. if I have to work it through or wrestle with God by myself? And then if I'm the offender, I'm carrying a lot of guilt, and then I, I have to go to God and say, how do I find forgiveness? So we have a step-by-step kind of process, and we're not trying to make a formula out of this, but it is a process, a biblical uh, process that helps us to walk something out and to understand how and what God is wanting to accomplish in the process. Sometimes we need something tangible to connect to so we can understand what I'm doing. So this is what this step-by-step kind of, you know, forgiveness process is for both the victim and the offender. Amen. I'm looking forward to discussing this next segment. Amen. All right. Love it. That's a wrap. Hey, I hope you found this discussion a blessing. And of course, you can be a part of the discussion too by ordering Mysteries of the Kingdom 
discipleship foundations for yourself. And of course, don't forget to subscribe or get on my mailing list. All right, my friend, take good care and God bless.